All right, welcome into the Kingdom Bar Chiefs Kingdom. We're celebrating a Chiefs win. That is in the regular season, the Chiefs improving to two and one with a huge blowout dominating win over the Bears, 41 to 10. We have plenty to talk about, but off the top, Taylor Swift is officially a Chiefs fan, and that is something worth celebrating. BJ Kissel and the boys at home going to join me here in a little bit to break it all down. Again, we are at the Kingdom Bar, the place to be all season long. Big shout out to Ben Holiday for sponsoring this segment. It's all coming up as you can see Sports Network postgame show starts right now. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN postgame show. There you have it. That was the scene at the Kingdom Bar and Grill in Overland Park. I'm BJ Kissel hanging out with my guys, Craig Stout and Maddie Lane. We're filling in for Mr. Kent Swanson, who took his his family to the game tonight. Is uh, They got to see a good one. 41-10 Chiefs win over the Chicago Bears. We're going to break it all down for you here again on the KCSN postgame show. Shout out to everybody at the Kingdom Bar for taking care of us. Where we were hanging out watching the game, and obviously, as Haley said, thank you to Holiday Distillery and the new Ben Holiday Bourbon for taking care of us at home as well. Craig, we'll start with you. Thoughts, initial thoughts on today's game. Boy, can can this team play the Bears every week? Like, I, I would really love it if that was the case. Uh, this was a get-right game. We talked about it in the lab earlier this week. A chance for the Chiefs offense to get the ball rolling, Chiefs defense to show what they had against another team. You know, some of the Chiefs fans that have been around following this team as long as I have had a little trepidation, you know, trap game sort of vibes here. Not at all. They buried it immediately. It was really fun to have a nice low stress Sunday watching our Chiefs. I mean, that was exactly it, right? You got a you got a fun no stress game, you know, after the first couple drives. It was nice to get a sit back, you know, relax, watch, watch the Chiefs not be in a nail biter. Um, it would have been a perfect game to be, you know, on like the national TV for me. Um, it would have been awesome to get to not sit in front of a computer screen, but in front of my television to watch this very chill game. But, uh, you know, that's okay. I got to watch the, the Cowboys and the Cardinals like a lot of other people when that thing switched over at halftime. At halftime, Fox pulled the plug and decided that like, ah, nah, this game's not worth it anymore. That's super tough. That is super tough, but uh, we're going to start in this first segment. We're going to break down the Chiefs offense. We're going to talk about what we saw offensively, obviously starting with Patrick Mahomes. Finishes the game going 24 of 33, 272 yards and three touchdowns. And for the most part, Craig, it looked like the Patrick Mahomes that we've come to accustom to, to watching play. Yes, absolutely. It, it, it seemed like he was hitting things on time. It seemed like the offense was just kind of humming at all times. When they would get into some of the third down situations, he had solutions once again. We didn't see a whole lot of the offense you know, being stagnant today, which is good because they shouldn't be stagnant against this Bears defense. It was good to see him find Travis Kelsey on a couple of plays. It was good to see them get vertical a little bit as well. I, I thought the offense opened up a little bit. And it was really good to see him check down, get get to that check down quickly. I know we're seeing Jarrett McKinnon on the uh, video right now. <laughs> that check down that he was able to get to regularly and quickly, that's really good because the Bears were struggling covering running backs all game long. Maddie talked about it in the pregame that their white or that their linebackers are not particularly good in coverage. It showed today, and the Chiefs really exploited that. Patrick Mahomes had a phenomenal. 
I mean, yeah, from start to finish, the Chiefs' offense was, you know, in control. Uh, Mahomes had a good game. He looked a lot more comfortable. And, you know, the pass rush for the Bears isn't great. And it was not like it was great versus the Chiefs, especially early in the game. There was a lot of time to sit back there, but it wasn't like he had all day on every single snap. So it was nice to give them a little bit of adversity. You know, we had the, the ankle scare with Yannick Ngakwe kind of falling down and rolling up on Mahomes' leg. But overall, he played a great game. I think the Chiefs stayed pretty balanced throughout the first half. Like, yeah, they're always going to throw the ball more than they run it, but they were dipping into the run game a little bit more. They were getting plenty of carries for Pacheco, for Clyde Redzilaire. Like, they stayed balanced. It allowed them to push the ball, have the quick passing game workings. Like, it finally, finally we got, like, that complete offensive game showing, and now we all as fans can breathe and relax a little bit here, but, like, the offense still has it. They haven't completely lost it, BJ. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes surpassed 25,000 yards passing in his career. Took him just 83 career games to do that. It's the fewest games to reach 25,000 passing yards in NFL history. Seven seven fewer games than the next closest, which was Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford. And with the win today, Andy Reid also passed the, I guess, the tie he had with Tom Landry for the fourth most wins all time by an NFL head coach. Those things aren't bad. We always talk about not normalizing greatness or normalizing like the stretch that we're in this golden age of Chiefs football uh, and can't forget to, to mention things like that. And not going to forget to mention Travis Kelsey leading the Chiefs today with seven receptions for 69 yards and the one touchdown. Um, and obviously, Haley said it off the top with the special guest in attendance. Uh, it's not what we do, not what we cover here, uh, but can't go without saying cause it's going to be the talk of the NFL and talk of everybody around Kansas City. If we're going to be completely honest, do you guys have any takes about that? Yeah, I do. I have a good take. We, we've we got an excellent Taylor Swift gif that is tied up with the Chiefs with her yelling, let's effing go in the box as Kelsey scored. I mean, hey, listen, I, I'll take what I can get there. No, it it was good to see Travis Kelsey get, get reintegrated. I mean, he didn't look like a player that was dinged up, that had a knee injury today. Like, he really looked good. Even put on the little shoulder shimmy on one of those, uh, one of those, you know, intermediate routes that he always seems to get an extra four yards on. He looked like himself again, and that was what is most important. That's what's potentially limiting this offense going forward. Here is if Travis Kelsey is at one hundred percent, he certainly looked it today. Well, that's when you knew the Bears were in trouble. Was when he hit that little shoulder shake to get open and find the spot in zone, and then hits the little shoulder shake. Like that's where you knew it was a problem. Um, I was going to say, like, I don't have a lot of takes. I, Taylor Swift was my player to watch when we recorded the last lab, so I think I feel like I kind of nailed this. Uh, this is the last chance to get there before her tour started. We, we were all over this from the get-go. All right, well, two of the things that we're going to bring up, the young wide receivers, because I know that was kind of a, a thing talking about through the first couple of games. I know Sky Moore had the 70 yards last week with the touchdown, but seems like he made some plays, and specifically Rasheed Rice. This was his kind of, I don't say his coming out party, but he looked very, very good. Looked like a guy outside of that first play, and I'd want to be negative or too nitpicky, but I know they mentioned it on the broadcast as far as sitting in those windows inside that zone. And that's one of those things that's just about getting reps. And guys, we've talked about this all the way going back to training camp, that when you're going to go with a lot of young receivers, plays like that and moments like that are the ones that are going to kind of stand out to you a little bit Um differently or negative or those are the things they don't normally see but that play aside seemed like Rasheed Rice played exactly the kind of way that you'd come to expect when he got drafted big physical is going to break some tackles do some stuff across the middle yeah he gets up field so fast like uh, the the turn and catch and ability to translate that downhill is so important I think you saw 
when teams are going to play those sorts of zones, you're going to see that open area in the middle of the field, especially when Travis Kelsey either isn't in the game or is pulling defenders elsewhere. You want another guy in the middle of the field that can do that. Juju Smith-Schuster did that last year. Rasheed Rice so far has been kind of the preferred guy for the Kansas City Chiefs offense to do that so far this year. Yes, an unfortunate drop that results in an interception. You hope for better there. He, he'll he get there. I really do feel like this is just kind of a reps sort of thing. But I did really like that they force-fed him the ball. These are valuable reps. Andy Reid was putting stuff on tape. And he wanted people to see going forward. Defensive coordinators, things like that on tape going forward. He's going to run that Rasheed Rice route over and over and over again until they put a little tri- twist or a wrinkle or something on it. And that's going to result in the big play eventually. So it was good to see him getting the ball. Ten different receivers caught a pass for Patrick Mahomes again today. Just an outrageous performance by the receivers. It's good to see that this is what we're getting out of these young wide receivers, and maybe that week one anomaly is just that. Well, I think they've kind of figured out something with Sky Moore as well. right? They, he's an outside receiver predominantly. They're not having him work over the middle of the field a ton, and it seems like last year, and then even that first game this year, that's where they were trying to use him. And not that he, don't, he won't ever run across or anything like that, but he got a couple out routes. They're getting him the ball out on the boundary. He very clearly is being kind of seen as their Z or their flanker wide receiver. And like just finding him in that role, finding a specific role for him, I think is good and not asking him to do everything. And then they're moving over to Rishi Rice and kind of getting him into some of those Juju Smith-Schuster type spots where they had him last year. I think Greg Olson mentioned it on the broadcast, you know, talking to Patrick Mahomes that he kind of took for granted what Juju was able to do for this team a little bit over that area. And obviously they still need Rice to get there in terms of finding space in the zone, being reliable, catching every pass that comes his way and not just making some great catches and then having a couple drops, but I think you kind of see the usage starting to take its course, and Craig's point, Rice does such a good job with his back to the defense, catching the ball, and then getting upfield. It's very Travis Kelsey-like. Kelsey's really good at this, too. He knows when he has to make a move immediately and maybe give up ground, but he's also really good at catching the ball and immediately leaning and kind of falling and starting to get his momentum going upfield. Rice is the exact same way, and he's picking up so many, you know, quote-unquote, hidden yards just by his ability to do that, and if it wasn't for that pesky one yard line, he would have a killer. Would have had a killer game. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to stay on the offense for just a couple more things, a couple more storylines. I want to talk through with this one, Craig. I want to ask you about the running game uh, with Isaiah Pacheco and even Clyde Edwards-Helaire um, made some nice runs. I know the game is kind of out of hand in the second half, but uh, seemed like the vision, the reading, the blocking, some of those things that uh, have been critical of Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Seems like he had some nice runs. If you were going to look for positives and things to kind of hang your hat on a little bit today. Oh, absolutely. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did not have the best blocking on a lot of the stuff that he was running with and maximized a lot of it. I know that he's kind of the easy target for a lot of Chiefs fans. When he gets touches, people kind of look at him and like, oh, why are they giving the ball to him? What a waste. I felt like he maximized a lot of touches. Not all of them, but a lot of touches today. Made some good, hard runs and you know, he created some hidden yardage there. I was very pleased to see what they got out of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We know this team is going to revolve around, you know, Isaiah Pacheco's running style when they do decide to run the ball. And it's great to see that he had a good day too, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire going for 15, 55, and a touchdown with the kind of blocking that he had to deal with there and some of the run concepts that they called with him, I'm very pleased with that sort of stat line there. 
Still think they need to get him involved more in the passing game, but a really good day for Clyde, all things considered. Yeah, Clyde Edzulaire, like he doesn't make a lot of guys miss. He doesn't give you a lot extra beyond what's kind of there for the blocking. But I think, you know, fans in general have gone a little too far because I think he does a really good job reading out what's available. You know, whatever is blocked is essentially what he's going to get, and he's going to consistently do that. And no, that's not what you're probably looking for in a round one running back. I fully get that side of it, but we're past that. He's no longer a round one running back. He's just a guy on the team, and he does a good job of getting what's there. And they constantly make him run the most difficult run for him outside zone out of shotgun that's a hard play and he still does a good job of not taking a lot of negative runs he does a good job finding the right holes prodding and and I think there's a reason we can sit here and say we don't love outside zone with Clyde we don't but I think if you watch Pacheco run it he overruns the blocking a little too much as well like Pacheco while athletically he's more likely to get to some of these cutback lanes people get upset Clyde misses he's going to overrun far more of them because of his running style. I think there's a reason that Clyde gets so many of those runs because the Chiefs want outside zone on film. They want teams to have to defend outside zone so they can work their play action, their RPOs, and Clyde gives is probably their best like technical runner on those runs, even if the physical profile isn't there. So yeah, I think he gets too much heat. I don't want to now. That said, Pacheco, whew, when he gets going, he's so much fun. When he yeah. gets downhill, when he when the blocking's there, he gets downhill and finds a crease. Like, good luck if you're the second level of a defense trying to stop him. Like, he definitely needs to be the quote-unquote bell cow. But I do think that Clyde, you know, needs to get a little bit more praise for essentially doing the dirty work of the running back spot because they have him do the stuff that doesn't work out as well, and it's not always his fault. Yeah, and the third running back that we haven't mentioned yet, Jarek McKinnon, it was just nice to see him get involved. Um, I thought he had yeah. more than five touches after looking at Uh, at the final box score, but coming into Sunday's game, he had five touches for just 32 total yards, had five touches for 28 yards and two touchdowns uh, today or Sunday against the Bears. And then last year, just to compare it, he had averaged seven and a half touches per game last year. And so five in the first two coming in, it wasn't that he hasn't had the impact. I mean, a lot of touchdowns last year. He just didn't have the ball in his hands. And it was nice to see him, them get him back into the mix. And guys, I'm not going to talk about the offense and not give an opportunity to talk about Juwan Taylor and just give your tips on what's going on. I wanted to wait 15 minutes into the show before we brought this up, but um, Maddie, we'll start with you. Let's start with with your take uh, Uh on the Juwan Taylor situation. It's so unfortunate. Uh, He's clearly got a little bit of a target on his back, right? Uh, We can look at the two plays they were called on. They're clearly the right. You can even go freeze. The referee is bending his neck, trying to look around all the traffic so he can see where Juwan Taylor is aligned. He's throwing flags when it's very ticky-tack. Honestly, on both plays, Juwan Taylor got flagged. It would be more accurate to flag Donovan Smith. It would be more accurate to flag the other tackle, but nobody cares because it's not Taylor, right? And I think the biggest problem, like the biggest problem is it happened both times when there's a slot wide receiver condensed, kind of tight to Juwan Taylor, and it's blocking him. And then you look at a referee, he can't see what's going on. He's just saying, hey, there's a little bit of a gray area. Juwan Taylor may be, you know, a line too far back. He may not. We're going to throw the flag because it's close enough that you can't really say what, definitively one way or the other. And that's unfair. It's unfair for one player in the NFL to get treated like that and not every other offensive tackle that aligns in the same spot. And then it puts the Chiefs in a tricky spot because they can't obviously keep putting him out there to align what looks like it's allowed. It looks like it's legal and it's legal for everybody else besides him. But then they can't and they can't keep trotting him out there. So like it's just it's a really hard spot the Chiefs have found themselves in. I do think Andy Reid was planning on trying to bench Taylor for the rest of the game before Prince Tigawanogo's injury. And it's not because of play, it's just 
if he can't align clearly what is going to be deemed illegal by the officials and not, you know, according to everybody else, but just the officials, it's going to be hard to keep putting him out there. That was a touchdown off the board in a closer game that matters. And whether he just needs to line up closer or they need to have a long talk with the officials, I don't know, but they got to find a solution because this is two weeks in a row where I think they've gotten real ticky tack uh, fouls on it. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, we all know that Chris Collinsworth is a narc. I have established that already here at this point. But you still have to align correctly. The The target is on your back. The, the officials are looking for this very specific thing, and especially on bigger pass plays, especially when things are going well. They are looking for reasons to keep the Kansas City Chiefs from putting points on the board. That's that's what it is. I don't mean it like it's some sort of conspiracy or anything like that. This would happen with any good offense that has been identified as, hey, there is a target on this individual. I don't know if Andy Reid, Andy Heck, and company have told them, hey, man, get in line. Like, we, we got we to gotta fix this. You got to be much closer. I know that you're used to kind of having that sort of alignment. Let's, let's close that up. And maybe, you know, maybe he's not listening to that. Maybe something is not getting through there. But whatever the case may be, it's now to the point where, yes, we we all agree that Jawan Taylor was not illegally, you know, <laughs> out, of, out of play there on the MDS touchdown there. But the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs, if Andy Reid looked at this and said, I'm going to bench you, I'm going to sit you for multiple drives, I don't feel comfortable with you out there anymore, should tell you where they place the in all of this. Now, I, we'll, I think that's we'll key see to what it. happens. Yeah, yeah if, it, if it's going to be a situation where Andy's going to talk to the officials, they're going to try and organize this, whatever the case may be. But as it stands right now, Andy Reid and company are telling you where they're placing the blame, where they believe the problem is along the offensive line here, and they believe it's with Jawan Taylor. Yeah, I think it's a consistency thing for me. And I, I want to empathize with Jawan Taylor a little yes. bit, but there were a handful yes. of times after he got flagged for it that watching him like, oh, they're going to throw a flag right here because he looks like he's the exact same place that he was when he got flagged. Well, he doesn't get flagged that time, so he thinks it's okay. And then he's randomly flagged. It's like, I'm not standing further back than I did on the last play. And so unless you're going to flag him every time, I know a lot of fans and even myself, it's like, just line up. I know we talk about angles and just <laughs> all of those yeah. things of the reason he's trying to do it, but it's the consistency thing. And I don't know if he needs to point down to the line judge and do like a receiver does. <laughs> like, am I good? Like, am I good? Or do I need to screw it up? Let's check with that's the official the, every time. I'm here out of that, like, oh by the way. <laughs> well, no, but I, th- and I think that's the issue, though, is right. The cons- inconsistency is I wonder if when he's getting a lot of these flags or looks is when he's covered up a little bit more by a receiver. Because I believe on one of them, Travis Kelsey yeah. was pretty tight. And another one, it might have even been MVS on his longer catch. I can't remember who it was. But if he's covered up by a slot wide receiver that's aligned tight on the line of scrimmage, that makes it really hard. And it's no. probably bad optics when the ref can see Juwan Taylor's backside out behind the slot wide receiver. It probably looks bad. Even if he's legal or not, it just looks bad. Whereas if a ref has a more clear view, then maybe he's not going to flag it. So like the consistency is a big issue. So I get it from Taylor's standpoint, but I think the, the Chiefs are just kind of like, hey, we need you to not even be close because this is hurting us now. And I think the fact that he was pulled until they had to put him back in because of injury, I think I'm with Craig. That probably says where they kind of are putting the blame, at least like temporarily for now, has got to be on him. Uh, let's put a bow on the Chiefs offense today against the Bears. We're going to take a quick break and break down the Chiefs defense. But Chiefs offense, we had the graphic up earlier, 10 of 14 on third down, finished with 456 total yards, averaging 6.1 
yards per play, and most importantly, going five of five inside the red zone, giving Kent Swanson and his family one hell of a show for his first time to see Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense in person. He didn't get a full game of Patrick Mahomes the first time that he goes. But I'm excited to break down the defense with the boys at home, and Haley's going to join us right after this quick break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. All right, welcome back to the KCSN Live post-game show. BJ Kissel hanging out with Craig Snout, Maddie Lane, and in a very loud Kingdom Bar and Grill Club, Melvin <laughs> Park, Haley Lewis is joining us. Haley, we just got done breaking down the Chiefs' offense. Can talk a little bit about the Chiefs' defense and what they were able to do against Justin Fields and company today. What stood out to you most? Oh, just the fact that the Chiefs were able to keep rolling on the momentum that they've built up in the first couple of weeks, and we've always... I know we were talking a lot about the offense, and, and rightfully so, hoping that the offense would get that standout momentum-building game, and, and we saw that, and it was flashy, it was beautiful, we loved what we saw come out of Mahomes, we loved the spreading the wealth of the receivers, but the coolest part is that the Chiefs actually have an opportunity to have a defensive team that looks like a world champion defense, right? I mean, it's been, it's been a while since we've thrown around those terms and we continue to say, oh, it's building and the Chiefs are, are building this defense and we're going to see it. And I think today now, yeah, the Bears are that bad. It's kind of hard to like be realistic about it because the Bears are, I mean, they have, if, if an offensive line was out there, I didn't see one, but the Bears are that bad, but the Chiefs are also that good, if it makes sense. A lot of things stuck out to me. Of course, the secondary, I've been talking about that. I know Maddie's been talking about that. A lot leading into this one. Trent McDuffie stripping the ball. Willie Gay jumping on it. That fumble. Then, of course, leading to the 41-yard field goal. 
by uh, Harrison Bucker. And then we also see, you know, Sack Nation out there getting this thing done. Mike Dana, of course, George Karloff just bringing the pressure. You see Mike Edwards, that offseason addition, being able to pick off uh, in, in the beginning. And, and there were just, I have so many notes written down for the defense. I never thought that we would be thinking <laughs> that the Chiefs would be winning because of the defense. And then they've been able to be a top defense in the league three weeks in and hopefully this is a trend that only just continues as it comes as much as i want to start with the defensive line craig and i do yeah. and i know where you want to go with this i want yeah. to start with one of the linebackers it's fine i saw what maddie tweeted out and i agree with him on drew tranquil's performance today yeah maddie i know you put it out on social media uh what stood out to you most about what you saw from drew tranquil today knowing that nick bolton was not out there I think that's the biggest part. Uh, Drew Tranquil has been great all year. This wasn't the first time this year he's been good, but he's stepping into a bigger role, the Nick Bolton role. And I'm, I'm not going to say that he was calling the defense as good as Nick Bolton, but I think you saw a defense that didn't really miss a beat without the guy that's their team leader, without the guy that's calling the plays and adjusting everything. You couldn't tell that they had a backup in there. He was getting everybody aligned. There was only one or two plays that the Chiefs really seemed to you know, have a little bit of a miscommunication, and some of that was post-snap, and that's where Drew Tranquil really impressed me. He was the one covering up for some of the missed stuff. There was a play where Willie Gay got a little too pulled far forward, tried to spy or just shadow Justin Fields, and Drew Tranquil kind of had to run over and cover a lot more space, and he did an excellent job of it. So, like, It's just little stuff like that. Is When you get a backup linebacker, backup Mike linebacker come in, and you can't really tell that you missed a beat, that's a huge deal. And then you still saw Tranquil getting downhill and making some plays in the line of scrimmage like he has all year. And I think there was a play early in the game where he really showed off his range to get to the sideline. Like, he's been exceptional. This makes you feel more comfortable if Bolton has to miss a little bit of time. And, like, I think you very clearly know that Drew Tranquil and Nick Bolton are your best two linebackers. So now it's up to Spags to get both of them on the field as much as possible. As much as we love Willie Gay, it's up to him to get these guys on the field together as much as possible. Yeah, Drew Tranquil was phenomenal and has been when he's taken the mantle from Nick Bolton, taken the green dot from him so far this year. It's kind of a blessing in disguise that they have given him the reps that they have leading into this week because with Nick Bolton out, I don't know that anybody looked at this game and went, oh man, Nick Bolton's out, this defense is in trouble. But it, it's not because they're like, oh, we're, we're fine without Nick Bolton. It, it's more because they have a good, solid backup, Andrew Tranquil. I have been pounding the table for a good backup Mike linebacker for this team for a long time. They're kind of like the running back position. They just get injured. It's it's a miracle that Nick Bolton has been as healthy as he has so far in his career. So it's good that they have another guy out there that they trust, not just at the mic, but at the will, at the Sam. Jack Cochran got some looks in there with a 3-3-5 as well. You know, it, the linebacking group, by and large, had a really good day, you know, which you would expect against an offense like this that doesn't look particularly good, you know, you know, most of the time. But an offense that wants to run the ball, they couldn't. And they couldn't get things going until very late in the game. That's a testament to the linebacker play. All right, our fearless producer and our fearless leader behind the scenes here, Tucker Franklin. Has got some stuff for us. Don't give me, don't give me too much credit. But uh, this tweet here is uh, from Jordan Foote. Andy Reid is at the podium right now, and I think this is an interesting one on Jawan Taylor. He said, "Quote: Might be being picked on too much, just a little bit here. I thought it was too much." Says it well. It wasn't his opinion last week, but implies that today's game was over the top. In terms of the Coach Reid missed a hell of an opportunity to say that Jawan Taylor just needs to shake it off. Shake it off. Uh, 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 oh. 
Can you imagine a post-game presser was just like four or five Taylor Swift lyrics, just deadpan, what a world. dry humor. What a world. If she would have done that, if she would have done that, it would have broke the internet. Somebody's going to start feeding Andy Lyons. I, I think he's to the point in his career where he'd be okay with doing that sort of stuff. I mean, he's doing commercials and everything like that now. Feed him a couple Taylor Swift ones. I mean, they do that during training camp. They feed players little secret lines. They should they start doing re- get read on it. Take a little competition. Like I bet you can't fit this into your post game. Yes, sir. Answer. Oh, uh, so, guys. Right. Oh, go ahead, BJ. I was just gonna say that they just put out a report about um, Holmes's ankle. If you wanted to get an update on that. Yes, I would love an update. This is from Nate Taylor. Only weird games. Patrick Mahomes said his right ankle is fine. That he could have played the entire game as needed. What say ye? That's a good dog. <laughs> yep, yeah, Tucker's correct. No, we can end it there. Just dog. Um, he a leader good. and a dog. Okay. <laughs> he looked good when he came back out, right? I, I, I think we all kind of got over that real fast. It looked a little shaky there for a second, but they showed a replay. It looked not fun, but not terrible. And then when he came out after halftime and looked, you know, came around, was running, doing his own thing. I think everybody generally felt okay at that point in time. Um, we'll see. We'll see what the reports lead up to next week say, but I think after last year's playoff performance, I don't know. He might have to lose a leg for it to matter. <laughs> All right, Tucker, Tucker's got more for us. I saw another quote. Uh, Patrick Mahomes at the podium right now, Haley, as Haley mentioned. Uh, on Patrick Mahomes on Juwan Taylor penalty calls, it's wild. I don't understand it. Um, <laughs> so it's seeming like both Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are getting a little frustrated with the penalty calls. Probably a conference call Same. this week. There's a conference call coming. They can talk That's through anti heroes of the NFL. That, baby Maddie, that was a good one. That was a good one. What? I'm not going to catch most of them. So, <laughs> all right, let's, let's keep talking about the defense. Uh, Craig, up front along the defensive line, anything that stood out to you about what the Chiefs were able to do against, let's be honest, a pretty poor Chicago Bears offensive line? Yeah, they got pressure for most of the day. It was, uh, they were in Justin Fields' face enough to where the Bears really adapted their game plan and started leaning on the run a lot more. When the starters were in the game, Justin Fields went five for 15 for 41 yards. That's it. That was through the beginning of the fourth quarter. That's 2.7 yards per drop back. So I know people are going to look at this and go, wow, I can't believe the Chiefs only had three sacks in this game. This game was so out of hand that the Bears just went, you know what, we're going to work on run concepts. We're not going to throw the ball. The fact that they got as much pressure and as many, you know, as many sacks as they did against 15 dropbacks with the starters should speak to what they did on that defensive line. They altered the Bears game plan completely. It's so hard for me to get a gauge on like what the Chiefs defense did against the Bears because the Bears offense is so bad. It's really bad right now. The offensive line is is even worse than whatever the entirety of it is. So like while it was great to see the Chiefs shutting them out, shutting them down, and making the Bears kind of look like the Iowa Hawkeyes trying to play offense, like that was good to see. But at the end of the day, like I I don't know how translatable that's gonna be. Um, I am with Craig though, like the Bears everything was a quick pass or a run. And even their quick passes, they tried to push some downfield, but we saw Sneed right in the hip pocket of DJ Moore. Josh Williams right there. Like anytime they pushed it vertical, the coverage was perfect again until garbage time. The couple times they did get out towards the sideline, you had guys coming up to make big tackles. The Bears had zero rhythm. They could get nothing going. And so I, I felt really good that they didn't let a mobile quarterback, who is pretty good at throwing the deep ball, 
you know, really tear them apart after he'd struggled most of the times. So, like, we'll see what the defense does going forward. I have the utmost faith in them after three games. I don't mean it that way. It's just, I, I don't know what the Bears did to threaten them. I think that was the issue. The Bears struggled to threaten the Chiefs defense really in any way. So it's hard to get a read on anything coming out of this one. Yeah, that's going to set me up for my my next question for you guys. And, and talk about some of the key areas where the Chiefs were really good today, where they've been really good. Turnovers, took it away a couple of times. They were good on third down, holding the Bears to four of 12 on third down and then inside the red zone holding the bears to one of two inside the red zone area that basically the reason they won the game against the jacksonville jaguars is holding them to 0 for three inside of the red zone last week well guys i know this is obviously a chief's channel we all want the chiefs to do well after three weeks what is a realistic or what's a a proper amount of time or a number of games before we can start to say hey this chief's defense is as good as the numbers are backing up to what they've been craig you're the one laughing so i'm gonna start with you buddy i'd be like at what point how many games they need to play how many different styles of offenses do they need to play before you're comfortable enough to be like these guys are as legit as we're hoping they can be Okay, so we got the Detroit Lions that have a very diverse run game. And Johnson's run game is very good. They're an efficient offense with lots of good weapon. You go up against the Jacksonville Jaguars that have some of the best set of wide receivers in the NFL. I know they they did not play a good game today. Don't get me wrong. But the, it's a really good set of wide receivers, a high-octane offense that likes to stretch the field both horizontally and vertically. And then you went up against whatever this was today. You know, it was not good, but... Um, I do think we are, and I don't know that we're going to see it because what we've got the Jets next, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the Denver Broncos. There's a lot of bad offenses that are on the schedule here. So it's going to be a little while before we can definitively say, maybe it's against Miami, before we can definitively say this Chiefs defense is super for real, but handling business the way that they are. Like, it, you make bad teams look bad, that's what you're supposed to do when you're a good defense. That's what they did today. And that's what they've done against you know other offenses that are much better than this so far this season. I'm willing to go out on the limb, even if it's by myself, and say that this defense is for real and will continue to be for real. I just don't know that we're going to get that prove-it game until maybe Miami. Haley, what do you think? No, sorry. What? No, what? okay. Go ahead, Haley. To look at me. <laughs> me? You? Okay. Me. You? Um, I, I, okay, I agree with that on saying we got to wait till the Miami game. But it also kind of brings up, someone he also put this in the comments saying, is this the best defense the Chiefs have had in the Mahomes era? And it really does make you think back. So I think back to the first Super Bowl run in the 2019 season and the defense and then how the defense took us another step forward. And it just seems like under Spags, it's one more year, one more step forward. And I always hear... In, in pressers, the defensive quotes are always from Coach Bag saying, you know, you got to wait till week seven, week seven, week seven, week eight. That's when we start to feel out things. That's when things start to really roll. And it is true because he does have one of the deepest playbooks in the NFL as a DC. I mean, it's hard. You hear you hear fourth year players come into this system and say how hard it is to learn. So it does take that amount of time for those new players to get used to this. But a lot of the defense are those second year players who are now kind of hitting their stride and and BJ and I kind of talked about this earlier in the week that now we're going to start to see those second-year players really torn, turn the page in this playbook. And so I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm along those lines with Craig saying week seven, week eight is probably going to be the time to say, is this legitimized, you know, world championship defense? Because right now they're on, it's all hype, and then the Bears are absolutely trash, so that's really hard to compare it against that. And I know 
Tucker and I were joking at the bar saying, the Chiefs are back, the Chiefs are back. And, and they look back. Are they? I mean, they played the Bears. But yeah, I think like week seven, week eight is when we're going to figure it out. And I think that's also when the Chiefs are going to figure it out too. But I think that's the perfect time frame because they play the Chargers week seven, right? And like, that's the game that comes a little bit before the Dolphins. And it's not like the Chargers have an offense near as good as what the Dolphins are, but it's right. a very competent offense. The Jaguars offense should be good, but has it been this year? No. And whether it's the Chiefs or not, they haven't been good. So I, the next couple games are another bad offenses that you hope, like Craig said, they keep taking care of because that's what good defenses do. Good defenses don't slip up against the Jets led by Zach Wilson. They don't slip up against whatever it is the Vikings are doing right now, especially if Justin Jefferson really ends up hurt. I know the reports were yeah. it wasn't a big deal, but they don't slip up versus teams like that. So they continue to dominate, and then you get to that Chargers game, and that's where I think you get like that real test. I, I'm fine saying this Chief defense is good. They're a top 10 defense, no doubt. There might be top, I might even be okay with top five right now. But we get to that Chargers game and they keep playing like this, then you're going to have a real conversation, like a real, real serious conversation about top two, top three, top one. Like, where do they se settle in there? And so I think that week seven game against the Chargers is kind of where we get the, the final answer to what this is going to be for the rest of the year. Uh, I think you've all brought, brought up great points in that it, we're so used to seeing Spags' defenses start slow that we're not used to having this conversation right, about them right. playing this way. They Last year, in the first five games, they gave up 125 points. They gave 25 points per game in the first five weeks last year. Right now, they gave up 39. They've give, given up 13 points per game over the first three. So, yeah. Oh, Tucker's got something for us now. Oh, uh, do I ever have something for you? <laughs> this is be good. the area of the show where I get to tell you that we're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw a fiver down on any of this week's epic matchups and walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and use code KCSN at sign up. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN. The crowd is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdictions. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Wow. Back to you, BJ. Nice job, Tucker. Nice job. This is normally the point of the show where we talk about, like, turning points in the game and, like, the big moments that really swung this thing in the Chiefs' favor. And I don't know, outside of when they took the field, when those moments when, yeah, that, that, that's the That's the one. <laughs> I mean, was it when Tommy Townsend went and like punted it out of the two yard line at the very beginning of the game? Like, you don't even think about now. I even had a note about uh, Isaiah Pacheco's blitz pickup uh, on the big throw to Kelsey early in the game. I think it was the second offensive drive. Uh, Pacheco showing his his willingness to get in there and stick his nose in there and ask pro a little bit. Um, but any other takes that we have before we get to the toast game? Craig, we'll start with you. I mean, I'm angry at the defense for allowing 10 points at the end of the game, and now they're going to slide down the uh, defensive rankings a couple of spots here. They they were sitting really pretty, but you know, allowing those 10 points. No, I'm more I'm more upset about the the touchdown. If I'm being honest here, because they did just kind of let up at the end of the game there. 
the Chiefs, the last time that somebody has scored a touchdown against this team was in the second quarter of week one with almost three minutes left to go in the quarter there. They have not allowed a touchdown in that amount of time. It was going to be a fun streak that we were going to get to talk about, and they, they just ruined it in garbage time. Tucker to figure out how many minutes it's been, game minutes it's been since the Chiefs defense has allowed a legitimate touchdown, a non asterisk touchdown. I'll do my I'll do my best. <laughs> Haley, any other final thoughts before we get to toast game? I mean, I'm de- I, I definitely think that's kind of disappointing. I forgot I forgot that we too they didn't put up any touchdowns. I I just had to be reminded of that. That would have been a cool streak to keep going. Um, I hate Miami. I hate Miami a lot. I've always hated Miami, and I just wanted the Chiefs to be. I just wanted them to, you know, get up a little more on to put their foot on the, you know, pedal, and um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so I didn't like those two picks at the end. That wasn't fun to see. Definitely didn't like the call. Are my am I saying things I didn't like, or what was the point of this? We just <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just rambling. <laughs> Final thoughts. Why? You know what? I asked Haley. you what you thought about Miami. We'll just okay. we'll say that's what the question. If it makes you feel better, that she scored more points in a quarter today than the Dolphins did. Thank you. Right. Okay. Thank you. Um, Got you. But the the to wrap it all up, I'm a really big hypocrite, and I came in. I was like, I'm so sick of this Taylor Swift stuff. I'm not even a Swiftie. I'm so over it. And I told BJ, like, I don't care about pop culture. I'm not getting involved at all. Well, I just saw that Patrick Mahomes said in his post-game interview with Aaron Andrews that he was like, yeah, I heard she was up there. So, you know, definitely had to get Kelsey's ball. And then Andy Reid afterwards said that he actually is the one who, who set them up. And, I mean, he was joking. But uh, it's kind of fun. I hate, to, I hate to admit it. I'm having fun with it. So those are my final thoughts. And we should really switch to someone else because now I'm just, I haven't, I'm sober too. It's pathetic. I'm just sober rambling. Don't give me a platform. I mean, for me, it, it's got to be 22. Trent McDuffie, right? He switched, he switched his, he switched his number to 22. He knew it was coming. Like he was ahead of the game. He was ahead of all of us on this one. Um, but no, he's, he's amazing. I'm using this as a pseudo uh, toast games. I got another toast game I want to get off. So we're talking about Trent McDuffie here. He just makes plays. Every every week he makes plays and he's rarely challenged in coverage, so it's not like hardly ever a play in coverage. He just refuses to let the ball get thrown to his guy, and if it is, it's a bad throw because well, fields and because the guy's not open. But then he strips, uh, he gets the strip, he forces the fumble. He made like two plays as the smallest guy out there on the field. He makes two tackles inside the tackle box right at the line of scrimmage, and that's not an, an uncommon occurrence. Like I, he's just so good, and I don't know how long it's going to take for mainstream media to catch up because he's not out on the outside. He doesn't have a barbecue sauce deal. Like he's not getting all the interceptions, but eventually people are going to catch up and realize how good he is. And that's a lot of fun. And it's always extra fun when I see Kair Elam for the Bills is like a healthy and active or not playing. And Trent McDuffie's out here being this good. And then I remember the Bills war room video that leaked after the draft and how disappointed they were that the Chiefs traded up for him. So it's just, it's the give that keeps on giving. It's a bad release of that video. Should not have let that get out there. Yeah. Should not have that was my final thoughts. I, I'm okay with Miami. Miami's a pretty cool city. I just want to get that. I want to get out of that one too. <laughs> I'll always have a spot, soft spot for Miami because of what took place when the Chiefs played there a few years ago. I don't hate the whole city. I just, I just mean the Dolphins. Fair. Actually, I don't dislike. I'm indifferent, I guess. But I almost started to f- started to feel bad a little bit for the Broncos. I know it's not what we're talking about. Garrett Bowles in the locker room of just being so dejected. I've been like, all I've, I've been here seven years and all I've done is lost. Buddy, is I'm going to be strutting in the office tomorrow. Don't worry. Oh, it's, 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 it's well worth 
the fact that Miami listen, the state of Colorado has just been a humble tree. State of Colorado has been humbled a lot yeah. over the last couple of four states. Yeah. All right, it's 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 time to raise a glass. And before we do that, we've got something to show you. That is the Ben Holiday bourbon. I've got a little of the soft red wheat right here. And it's time for our toast camp and we raise a glass to the performances and players and people that stood out to us today. And I, I'm not just asking, I'm not just promoting, I am imploring you. If you are in the Kansas City area and you've not had a chance to go up and take the tour in Weston, Missouri of the Holiday Distillery, McCormick Distillery, whatever you want to call it, go up there, take the tour, meet Kyle, get an autograph, get an autograph from the master distiller up there. He'll love it. Um, but go, I promise you, take your whole family up there. It is a wonderful experience. Phenomenal people up there. And now let's do a little toast. And for everybody, I'm going to start because I don't have a backup and I don't want anyone stealing mine. Uh, we, we promoted the Chiefs offense and one player we did not talk about, didn't light up the scoreboard, but had one phenomenal play is wide receiver Justin Watson. Made one of the nicest catches on one of the most disgusting, sick, silly throws that we won't even credit anymore because we're just used to seeing them from Patrick Mahomes. But Justin Watson's ability to go from the inside shoulder to the outside shoulder, track the ball along the sideline-ish and make the play with the defender right there. Phenomenal performance. But again, we talked about Sky Moore. We talked about Rasheed Rice. Justin Watson also making plays. So I'm raising my glass to Justin Watson for making one hell of a play, looking like a phenomenal center fielder out there on a fantastic throw from Patrick it was worth it and to go any more in summer and as far as you did that's why you honestly with your trophy tip the benefit of forced to tell you the who you got next bj who we throw all right we're we'll go to Haley next and uh because i know it sounds like it's popping over there <laughs> yes it is popping popping locking and dropping i am gonna give I'm not giving it to T-Swift because I said I'm not a Swifty, but yet I sound like a bandwagoner on this uh, entire streaming we've been doing. But I would like to give this one to Pacheco. Had an incredible run game, did a phenomenal job tonight. He's a standout talent, seventh rounder. I mean, out of a school that a lot of people did not have probably on the radars going into the draft. And he has done a phenomenal job in his first year, now his second year, picking up where he left off. I love that kid. I love the way he runs. So cheers. Mr. Pop. Cheers. Is that his nickname? I just made that up. I know they call him Pop. It is Pop. Yes. yes. You are good job. Pop, lock, and drop it. You want to go, Craig? You can go, Craig. I Okay. Yeah, I'll go. Um, pay Mike Dana. Um, I know what I say it now every week. Mike Dana needs to get paid. Um, this man was a wrecking ball. Uh, on today's game like you're gonna look at this game you're gonna be like oh okay he had decent sets but the very first pass rush that he comes out there he took the center for a seven yard ride into justin fields's lap and it's not the most impressive play he had i would argue that one was him out on the outside on a justin fields run a, a qb keeper that he helped sniff out 
and got a tackle for a one-yard gain. Not going to show up in the stat sheet as anything important, but a hugely important play at that point in time. Mike Dana continues to stream together great performance after great performance. And Joe Cullen shouted him out here on KCSN. Said, you know, he loves guys like that. Mike Dana needs to get paid by this organization. So cheer. Mike Dana. Who's? All right. I got two. Um, the first one, I can see you, Montreal, Washington. You want to get pulled up off the practice squad and actually catch the punts? Like, okay, you can fair catch some. You can let some go. But, hey, if you're going to catch them, I can't complain too much. And then he also had some of the best returns that the Chiefs had. So, like, shout out Montreal Washington for coming in and doing that and, you know, the absence of every other kick returner or punt returner that the Chiefs had. And then I do want to get a second one. Shout out Kent Swanson. Let's get Kent Swanson a toast game. He finally got to see Patrick Mahomes live. I hope it was even better than his wildest dreams, everything that he got to see there for this performance. Cheers. Cheers. Hollywood. All right, Tucker, what do you got for us? <laughs> I was going to say Montreal, Washington, but Maddie took it from me. But I'm, I just wanted to make sure Montreal, Washington get a, got a shout out because he was at the, Maddie, correct me if I'm wrong, XFL, right? Was he an XFL guy? Yes. That's pretty cool to see you guys come up from the XFL and those spring football leagues come up and make plays. Um, but I didn't have a backup. I was really banking on no one talking about him, so that was a mistake. Kanye was right there for you. Great plan. One punt, yeah. So, we'll get to good health, Chuck? To good health, yeah. Good health. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah. And I'm going to give an extra one. I'm going to shout out you guys for welcoming me back on to the postgame show as I fill in for Kent here. And I'll be filling in Tucker here in a few weeks, so you'll uh, see me again here down the road. But I might be uh, producing behind the scenes with that one. Uh, let us know in the comments section if you're watching live on YouTube. We'll go here for another couple of minutes, but let us know in the comments who we should have raised a glass to or who you are raising a glass to at your house, hopefully to some Ben Holiday bourbon from the Kansas City area. Make sure you go pick some up as it is spreading like wildfire, winning all kinds of awards, things just staring at people. So let us know in the comments section who you are raising a glass to, and we will wrap this one up. And while we're waiting, I'm just going to put Tucker on the spot again. Tucker, what else do you got? What have we not touched on yet? Um, I think Maddie did a really good job. I need to give a shout out to Maddie. Maybe that should be my toast game of getting working a lot of those uh, Taylor Swift lyrics into this uh, show. Uh, he did a really good job. And I, I think there were some that a lot of people didn't catch. Uh, all the games that Kent really could have crushed it. You know, he would have had all kinds of puns and all kinds. Yeah, of puns. I'm not sure if Kent's really that big of a Swifty, though, to be honest. Let's not put that on him. Like directly to the camera, though it, he would have tried to hard sell it and like paused after every That's single true. one of them. It's more organic <laughs> this way. When the karma comes back to get him, oh my gosh, there he is. It's crazy, Hollywood. Like how is how is Kent the biggest diva, but yet I won the pageant? Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's all very fair. Uh, seen in the chat here, this is from Derek Williams, uh, Jay Williams. Yeah. Um, I hope he's doing all right. Uh, did we get an injury update on, jo on Josh? Uh, did he come? I don't think he came back in after Jalen Watts. I didn't, Ooh, I didn't I know, know if we had got the injury update on him. I don't think right. Did they say what it was? Let me look. Let me look. Like a shoulder? What it, it looked like a shoulder. Is it where Cook hit him on the sideline? Yeah, it was yeah. where Cook hit him. I don't think he came back in after that. It, it was good that it at least looked like a shoulder, not a head, I thought at least. It looks like uh, Charles Goldman tweeted, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid said that Prince Tego Wadogo will lift with a quad injury, and that was the only injury update. Yeah, uh, Big Red has to mention right now. So Prince was the only injury update at the podium. Uh, we got a toast to Chris Jones here. What a good game. Uh, Sky Moore. I can see a Sky Moore in there. A cheers to the run game. The run game there as well. We go. 
I just saw this from uh, NFL Next Gen Stats. George Karloftis generated a career-high six pressures on 20 pass rushes. So that's a 30% pressure rate from uh, Karloftis. Ooh. This one, wow. he's recorded at least three pressures in every game this year. So Next Gen Stats, their toast game goes to George Karloftis. Shout out. Okay, he'll do one more. Helium stealing what we talked about on 10 things this past week. But shout out just the second-year players in general. Yeah, He spent a lot of time during the offseason. Uh, talking, I use the word mercenaries all the time, just hired guns that you bring in to to fix whatever you think the problems are. So much of the time, you forget about development. So forget about the people who are already here. When you talk about last year's draft class and the number of snaps that they played for this team, and shout out Joseph Efner that does the analytics for KCSN and some of the numbers and getting the second most snaps played in the NFL going into week three from players still on the rookie contracts. That's normally the kind of thing that you would see from a team that is struggling or a team that is rebuilding, that is playing a lot of young guys, not necessarily a team that has hosted five straight AFC championship games and is the middle of a dynasty uh, type of run. So shout out the second year players uh, for improving and just getting better. So much of the, the talk about the Chiefs defense before Chris Johnson come back is they need this, they need that. And what they needed was the fact that like they have five, six contributors from that draft class last year, all were going to take a step forward. They were going to get better. We've seen that's the reason this team looks so good. And Craig, you look like you got something to say. No, I was just getting ready to say that Chris Jones, I mean, has a sack, but uh, didn't play a ton of snaps today because, I mean, they she's winning a blowout. Don't don't burn up, you know, one of your best defensive players. Really, really good game for him in some limited snaps as well. I don't think that this is going to be one that everybody's going to go back to to turn on the highlights or anything like that, but he still looks the same. Uh, ask Darnell Wright how it feels oh, to get big boy by Chris Jones on the edge there on that sack. <laughs> how easily how easily he moved Darnell Wright, whose entire game is bullying people. He, get, he Darnell Wright tries to go chest to chest with Chris Jones, and he just tosses him out of the way without losing a B. That, that's one of the more like impressive just like physical feats you're going to see on a football field that I don't think a lot of people understand. Darnell Wright's 335 pounds. He's strong as hell. And he just, Chris Jones just takes the, the impact chest to chest and just, nah, I'm not about this today. Goodbye. And just walks right around him. It was, it was great. All right, everybody. We appreciate you for hanging out and watching or listening after the fact. Chiefs win 41-10 over the Chicago Bears. They moved to 2-1 on the season. And most importantly, above all else, the Chiefs even the all-time series against the Chicago Bears to 7-7. Seven and seven. So that's huge. That's what they were playing for today. We're bragging rights. They're back to 500 all-time against the Chicago Bears. We appreciate everybody for hanging out. Chiefs next game next Sunday night against the fighting Zach Wilsons, maybe. We'll see if it's still Zach Wilson at that point. Uh, But they've got a Sunday night matchup against the New York Jets. We'll see how that one turns out. But we appreciate all of you for listening. Don't forget, we have a live edition of Only Weird Games and a live edition of the KC Laboratory on Monday. And Haley and I were breaking down the 10 things that stood out to us in this game and record stats and all kinds of cool things that were broken from this performance. But we appreciate all of you for hanging out. We will see you next time. Have a great week. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. 
A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.